going on, man? Uh, what's up, buddy? Another another beautiful day here. Yeah. You uh, took the day work from home. I did, man. Started out. The plan was to uh, go into the office and uh, very quickly submarined into a work from home day. We've got uh, a bunch of sick dead bodies all over the house right now. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst. I know you can relate, man. It's uh, you know when you have when you have a big family of you know four kids. One person gets sick, it's like lighting a fuse, and it just yeah. slowly burns through the house. Yeah. And and do you typically get sick? No. You know, it's funny. I think, uh, I was talking to my wife the other night, I think the last time I really got sick was probably 14 years ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just kind of, as I tell her, I keep on moving, right? Yeah. I may feel like crap, but I mask the hell out of that, and I'll take DayQuil all day and NyQuil all night, and I just keep going. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, it's funny. It's peak flu season right now, right? Yeah. So we're uh, we're experiencing that right now. I don't know if it's hit you guys at all this year. Yeah, you know what's actually horrible, just from like a dad perspective, is that it's almost just as bad to have the whole family sick and you not be sick yep. than to be sick because you're just like you see your little guy just like dying on the couch. My six year old son. I'm like, man, I wish I could just take that sickness for him. Because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't destroy me like it does them. It's it's, it's like... the worst, man. <laughs> and, and, and you're you're helpless. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's so so it started in our house, and, and you know, I'll vent about uh, just the the medical industry for a minute. Yeah. But it started uh, last Monday. My nine year old, you know, he's telling me he has a sore throat, and I uh, you know I said, ah, just drink some water, you'll be fine. You know, it's usually what I say. And then he's like, cool. he's like, Dad, it really hurts. It really hurts. I'm like, all right, fine. You know what? Stay home with your mother. You guys figure it out. So as the day went on, it got worse. She decided to take him to the doctor. And it's the same pediatrician we've gone to for all four kids for since they were born. I mean, they, yeah. they saw them all in the hospital. She takes him in there, and it's a new doctor, a doctor that we've never seen. And nice enough guy, I'm sure. But he checks his tonsils and says, oh, he may develop tonsillitis. But he doesn't have anything right now. He, he should be good to go. But why don't I call in an, an order of antibiotics just in case yeah. he gets tonsillitis? So we figure, all right, let's go get the prescription filled. Better safe than sorry. His tonsils swell up more. We give him that. He then is laid out in the bed for basically the next four days. Right? Obviously, it's not tonsillitis. Yeah. It's yeah. obviously flu. But this moron didn't even check for flu. He didn't even think, hey, it's peak flu season. Let's yeah. let's get in there and see what he has. <laughs> yeah. So my wife then has people over on Thursday night. You know, and there's, I don't know, 12, 13 ladies at the house. And I got to take the boys out so we can get the heck out Doing of there. Doing what with the ladies? <sighs> she does, like, makeup stuff on the side, okay. right? Okay. My wife let's does, just, Let's just yeah. leave it at that, right? <laughs> I don't get it. She loves it. They love it. Yeah. And it's it's good business, so I, I, I appreciate it. I accept it. Yeah. But for me, it's basically code for, all right, boys, you're not allowed to be in the house because you're going to cause trouble, so let's let's go get pizza. From the moment we got home, my wife went to bed at, you know, I don't know, midnight. She did not get out of the bed again for the next three days. So she, too, had flu. You know, so I'm running around playing mom and dad, you know, shuttling to and fro, basketball and school and <laughs> making lunches, which I don't know if you've ever had the pleasure of making lunches for four oh, yeah. kids. Actually, I think you are doing that more now. <laughs> Let me tell you God bless my wife, and thank God I have her because that's what stresses me out. Is, really? you know, who gets what sandwich? You know, oh, this person gets you know chocolate chip cookies, and they get goldfish. No, 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 they like pretzels. They don't like goldfish. It's too much, so I have yeah, to wake yeah. my daughter up every day. Sorry, right, you pack the lunches. 
But long story short, my little guy went down yesterday about 3 o'clock, comes home from school. He's got a fever. You know, so he was up a couple times during the night. I ended up, uh, you know, getting up this morning, and I was going to work. And he, in tears, with tears in his eyes, is like, Dad, can you please stay home? What are you going to say? Yeah. You know, I'm like, ah, buddy, I got work to do. I got work to do. But the truth of the matter is, all the work I can do, I can do sitting in a bathroom if I wanted to, right? It's Yeah. You know, it's really just phone calls and emails. That's all I had to do today. So I actually got more work done yeah. than I would have if I went to the office, which is kind of kind of nuts. I think there's a lot of jobs like that where it's this cultural thing of you got to commute in, you got to sit in traffic, you got to be in an area where you're not even going to talk to anybody, interact, collaborate, anything. But it's just culture, man, tradition. It's uh, it's funny you say that because it's it's always it's always popping up, right? It's it's that line of sight, right? It's if I can't physically see you, then you must not be working. Yeah. And we all know that that's not typically the case. Sometimes it is, right? I get that, but I mean yeah. the, the lesson for companies there is don't hire those people. Yeah. Right? For like our grandfather's generation, like that was probably a thing. Like if I can't see you, you know, what are you doing? There weren't computers. There's yep. no internet. <laughs> like. Yeah, you're at the factory or you're at the farm. Like, yeah, are you earning that that money? Well, it's, yeah. it, I think it all it all comes down to, you know, really trust, right, and accountability. Yeah, I mean, two of the probably the pillars of just character and and being who you are, right. If if you hire somebody or you're married to somebody or you're friends with somebody that you don't trust, why are you friends with them? Why are you married to them? And yeah. and sure enough, why the hell are you working for them? Yeah. Right? I mean, if you don't trust your boss and your boss doesn't trust you or whatever it is, get the hell out of there. Like, run as fast as you can because it's not going to get any better. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah. It's, um, where do you go, like, where do you draw the line in terms of trust with your kids? In the sense that, like, one of the things I've started to realize more, like, as I've gotten older as a dad is, like, you know, there are those parents, and there's obviously a need for this, that have their kids' phones locked down. Mm-hmm. Everything they do is about where you going, who you're going to be with, don't get in trouble. Like, just constantly all up in their kids' grills. And um, I guess maybe I lean it on the other side, like, a little bit too much. you got to find that balance. But it's like, I want my kids to know that I trust them just because I want the story in their mind to be that they're a trustworthy person. Yeah, oh, yeah. So in dude. a sense, like when my daughter's going to hang out with her friends from Valley now, and they're at the basketball game, and um, maybe they'll walk to McDonald's, maybe they'll go to Tropical Smoothie, or you know, one of those things. Like I think a lot of parents freak out because they're thinking, like, well, who's going to be there? There's going to be kids doing drugs. There's going to be blah, blah blah a million reasons. But I want my daughter to know, hey, you can go. Like I'll check in a couple times, but I don't want um, her to think that I don't trust her because I think then. You get into big problems later in life when oh, those kids go to college, or absolutely, you know, if, if they if they've been locked down in in caves, those are the those are the kids that just go crazy. Right. You, you see it in society, right? I mean, yeah. there's there's alcohol, there's drugs, there's prostitution, there's all kinds of stuff. That doesn't mean you're doing it, yeah, right? I mean, I think it's it's all about you know your responsibility as a as a father, right? Is to teach your kids right from wrong, right? Tell them, hey, here are all the things that are out there. Here are all the things that can happen, and here are the consequences, right? Good and bad. Yeah. And it's, you know, you got to allow them to make mistakes and hope that the mistakes they make are on a much smaller scale than, you know, some of the things we see around here, right? Yeah. I mean, 
I mean, I hear, hear stories about, you know, drugs. Yeah. Right? I mean, especially in a... a Teen a, pregnancies. Oh, my God, man. There's, yeah. there's, there's so many things that pop up there. But, but at the end of the day, I mean, not to say all kids that are doing that, but a lot of those kids are actually under those, you know, militant, you know, authoritative, you know, child rearing where they're basically like, oh, you can't do this and don't do that and yeah. you can't do that. It's like, yeah. whoa. Now, I'll be honest. I mean, I definitely... You know, I'm a firm believer in trust but verify. Yeah. You know, so I will ask questions a couple different ways to kind of, not necessarily catch them in a lie, but just <laughs> to, all right, let's make sure that the story adds up and this is what's going on. But I think, you know, it's important because, I don't know, I mean, I, I know my daughter hangs out with some good kids. You know, most of them are good. I know a couple of them I question. Yeah, same. But I also, especially the boys, I will, if I see them at school or if I see them walk around the neighborhood... I walk right up to him and I introduce himself, yeah. you know, and I say, "How you doing? I'm Mr. X. Great to meet you." <laughs> you know, and they and they look at you and they kind of, you know, they size you up a little bit and they're like, "Yes, sir." You know, sounds good, sir. Okay, sir. And I think yeah. that's important, right? Because it's, I mean, how many things you see out there in life, right? Whether you're in meetings, whether you're in, you know, coaching, you know, raising your kids, marriage, be present. Yeah. Right. Be present. I mean, I don't know about you, but most of the females that I know that their dads weren't around at all growing up, they had daddy issues when they grew up. Yeah, and sure. And if they're not getting their attention from their father, you know, the, the proper love, they're going to find attention somewhere. Yeah. And it's usually not positive attention. Yeah. Yeah, I like that book you gave me a couple weeks ago, The Strong Father, Strong Daughters. It's a great and book, man. Yeah. I think there's a lot of things that kind of, one of the things that stood out to me was the fact that, you know... I think as dads, sometimes we can probably like get down on ourselves that maybe we don't have the relationship that we want with our kids by the time they're whatever X age or like, oh, like, you know, I'm taking my daughter to soccer practice and it's not like she's just thrilled to be in the car with me, right? (laughs) So you could be like, man, how did I feel? But at the end of the day, like you still are so important in their life just based on that role, you know? Just the fact that they've looked up to you from the time they're just babies to, they they may not always show that, but it doesn't mean it's gone away, you know. So that that book, uh, it was eye opening to me, right? And, yeah. and for those of you listening, you know, if you're a, if you're a father, if you're a brother, get it for your father. If you have neighbors that are fathers, if you want to be a father, anybody who has any chance in you know what of becoming a dad, you should read the book. Because it will give you a whole new perspective on everything out there. Yeah. Um, Meg Meeker is, I had to look that up, sorry Meg, but <laughs> Meg Meeker is the author of the book. And I'll tell you, it is awesome, right? Because it's from a woman's perspective, but you know, she's also a doctor and a psychologist that has dealt with a lot of daughters in particular that have had issues pop up. And, yeah. you know, one of the things that she constantly talks about is just the be there, like be there for your daughter, right? She references some pretty, you know, horrible things that could happen to females yeah. in the book. And it's amazing some of the responses, right? Like, I don't know, the one story where the daughter was, you know, sexually assaulted by one of her good friends. Mm-hmm. And she was distraught for the next six, seven, eight months. And her mother couldn't figure out what is wrong with her. What is wrong with her? She brought yeah. her to Meeker. Oh, I remember this story. It stood out. And and Meeker, you know, after talking to her for a couple months, finally got her to admit, you know, what had happened, which obviously that's traumatizing in itself. I get that. 
But the, the thing that upset her even more was she told her father, and her father's response was, oh, boys will be boys, and then went off to play golf. Yeah. And as a, as a father of daughters, right, same as you, to sit there and read that, I mean, I think I teared up reading yeah. that part where I'm going, I want to kick this dad's ass. Like, I don't know who he is. I don't know what he is, but he's a total piece of shit. Because, honest yeah. to God, how can you ever justify that to anyone, let alone your own daughter? Yeah. Right? And she had such a, just, you know, guilt and just, she lost all faith in, you know, men and humanity and protection and everything yeah. that we're talking about, which is the yeah. pillar of any relationship. Yeah. It's trust. Yeah. Yeah, you're so, to, to have that reaction, you're so focused on yourself that it's just insane. It's crazy, She didn't man. want to take the time to have that conversation. You'd rather go play golf. And, and what message does that send, right? Like, what, yeah. what, what does, now you hope, I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, it really, it's really, it's not that big a deal. Get over it. When it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. deal. Yeah. It's a huge it's deal. As big and as it's, it gets. It, it's, it's. Yeah, it was, it was basically an assault. Right. Took place. I don't know if you talked, mentioned that, but yeah. And you, and you excuse daughter. it. Yeah. Like, almost like, oh, yeah, it's cool. You know, it happens. It happens. Like, get, get out of here. So I'll, I'll tell you a crazy story. We, um. Yeah, kind of along those lines, but when we first moved, uh, you know, moved out to this area, we got invited to a birthday party. And uh, again, I'm a, I'm protective of my kids. Yeah. Um, some people say I'm overprotective. I don't think I'm overprotective. I think I just like to make sure I know where they're going, right? Yeah. And, and you know, for me, I do like you know family watchdog. I I type in all kinds of stuff just to. Just because, right? Like, hey, let's let's just see. And I'll point out to my kids, hey, if you see this guy, stay away. Or watch out, don't go near this house or don't go near that. Now, luckily, where we live, you know, the middle of nowhere, there's not a lot of it. Yeah. You know, you got to run like 15 miles to go past the house, which not a, not a concern. But, you know, she, my daughter was in third grade. And we're the new kids, you know, new family in town. And she got invited to this party. And I Google the address. And it popped up as a registered sex offender. And I'm going... What the heck is wrong here, right? So I end up, long story short, I tell my daughter she can't go. And, you know, she was in tears. She didn't understand. And I had to explain to her, well, you know, my rules. If I don't know the parents, you're not going to the house. Simple as that. Yeah. But the crazy thing about this is they were going to go to another location for the party. But they were meeting at the house. This could have easily been avoided if you just meet at the other location. It's like a yeah. roller skating rink. Yeah. Go meet at the roller skating rink. Don't go to the house. Yeah. And then shuttle everybody over, which turns out my daughter and one other girl were the only two girls that said yes. Everybody else knew, and they didn't go. So it was almost like really? a, it was like we got punked or something. But the the kicker That's was, crazy. and why, I won't tell you if you knew you were in the system. Why would you even think that would be okay to crazy. offer to have a party at your house? Crazy. But but here's where it got crazier. I'm not going to name the school. Well, I'll tell you after this, but I'm not going to name it. All <laughs> okay. But I called the school, you know, on that following Monday. I'm like, all right, I can't just sit with this. So I, I talked to the teacher. The teacher was awesome. The teacher was, she's just a sweetheart. And she's like, oh, my God, like, yes, we have to address this. I talked to the guidance counselor. She said the same thing. Then I talked to the principal. And the principal told me, are you sure? I think you have your facts incorrect. And I said, you know, ma'am, listen, I'm looking at the invitation right here. Yeah. Trust me. I, I look 10 different ways. I've already talked to several buddies that are cops. Trust me. Yeah. And she still proceeded to argue. She said, uh, sir, are you sure? Because we do have, you know, we do know of one that lives next door to that address, but not that address. 
And I said, man, I'm going to go ahead and take a picture of this, and I'm going to email it over to you, yeah. which I did. And I called her right back, and I said, now do you believe me? And she goes, well, yeah, but th- there still must be some mistake. And I just said, you know, you do with it what you want. Yeah. I said, nothing happened. My daughter's fine because she didn't go. I said, but I kind of worry about that girl that's living in the house. Turns out it's the mom's boyfriend, who she has now since married. Wow. And it wasn't a, uh, you know, a small thing like, oh, I, I peed in public. Yeah. It was taking indecent liberties with a, a, a juvenile under the age of seven. Kids were in third grade. Yeah. Dude, the thing that blows my mind is how someone in that position is going to knee-jerk reaction to maybe you have it wrong. Yeah. I mean, have you read uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Talking to Strangers? His I, new I one? haven't, no. Dude, he tells the story of Sandusky and the dude, the gymnast trainer, or, you know, the dude that was, oh, yeah. Yeah, was dude. molesting all those gymnasts in Sandusky. Mind-blowing stuff about how people default to trust you know, it's crazy to think even just the people walking around now in our town that nobody would think of because they're always like these pillars of society yep. that people just can't wrap their mind around the fact when it's something so bad, so hideous, that it's just like you just, you just want to be blinded to it. It's, but but that's, that's, that's a good point, right? It goes back to, you know, raising kids and teaching them the right thing, right? It's, it's teach your kids right from wrong, you know, how to behave now, how not to behave, how to identify a dangerous situation. How do, you know, okay, what do I do if this happens? Yeah. Go the other way. Or yeah. don't even go there in the first place, right? Because I think if, if you're going to sit there and be the parent that just thinks that society is going to, you know, cater to you and always be safe, like, no, there are bad people in this world. Yeah. You need to teach your kids how to decipher that, find bad, go away from bad. Yeah. Go to good, right? Yeah. May I recommend high school band? I'm not a band guy. Yeah. The, the the least musically inclined person on earth. And when my daughter first said she wanted to go in the band, I thought, oh, okay, that's that's new. That's different. First off, she loves it. Her math scores have like gone through the roof because really? she started doing it. It's crazy. Like yeah. it's, it's like a whole different child. It's crazy. You think and, there's a connection? Dude, I think it's, it's like her brain now. like rewired. It's, it's yeah. weird. Man. Okay. Like it's, and I don't know if it's because I guess you're learning another language. Which is funny too, yeah. because she's, you know, she's in, you know, killing it in Spanish, right? I think she's low Spanish four right now, which is mind blowing too, because two years ago she didn't speak any Spanish. Yeah. Right. So it's like I don't know if there's similarities between you know learning the math language and reading music, and there's got to be, right? Because I suck at math. I always have sucked at math, and I can't play an instrument. So it's got to go hand in hand, right? But yeah. but the the cool thing about Band and cross country, the kids are all good kids. Like good kids, good families. Like you know, you don't have to worry about. I mean, boys will be boys, right? But they're not. They're not the punks that that I grew yeah. up with, right? Yeah. I mean, the punks that you know are just kind of looking for trouble, right? Yeah. They're they're good kids, right? They're all you know, A B students. They all you know, yes sir, yes ma'am, good manners. Yeah. I mean, I gotta respect any kid at that age that has the discipline to do like distance running, right? Oh, dude, that says crazy. something about you right there. Yeah, because I mean, who 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 does? That? As a matter of fact, the uh, the coach of the cross country team, he has a T-shirt, and he might have a couple of them, but on the back of it, it says, "My sport is most teams practice," right? Like, which is kind of kind of cool to think about because 
I think that's the first thing I said to my daughter. Like, why why would you want to just run? Yeah. Right? Like, you run to lose weight. You run to get faster. You run to stay in shape. You don't run to run. Yeah. But people who run to run are crazy. <laughs> right? Like, that's, that's determination, man. That is like, I don't have to do this. I'm doing it because I want to do it. Yeah. Right? I'm not doing it to, you know, get faster for track or, you know, make the football team next year or make the basketball team. I'm running because I just like to go out and run, you know, five miles every day. Yeah. Which is nuts. Yeah. I don't really get that. Um, yeah, running for me in the sports I played growing up um, was always the punishment. Yeah. You know, like yes. if you're in basketball and you screw up, it's like, all right, everybody in the baseline, let's do some yeah. running. You're doing suicide. Yeah. So, like, I always associate running with, like, punishment. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I, you know, that must be a, uh, what if that's a generational thing, right? Because I feel like that's all, that's all we had, too. You know, it's like, I mean, I can remember, you know, baseball coaches, football coaches, they're all, I'm, you guys are going to run until I get tired. Yeah. And we're like, you know, throwing up, running, you know, pole to pole, like for hours going, when's he going to get tired? Oh, well, yeah. geez, he's never going to get tired. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like in basic training, man, those training instructors, it'd be like drop and start doing push-ups. You're like, and then you just do them. <laughs> you can't stop. They'll let you know. And people, you know, you're just dying. Your arms are shaking. And, Doing push-ups and running, and yeah, sucks. Dude, that's uh, yeah, that's crazy. So, so, you know, kind of along the trust, I mentioned accountability. Yeah, right. I think they kind of go hand in hand, right? I think, you know, trust in somebody or trust in something, you know, a belief in something, you know, you, you kind of give somebody the you know, the benefit of the doubt, like, hey, they made a mistake, but I'm sure their intentions were good, and here's why, right? Yeah. Um, but but I think accountability, it's almost I don't know, trusting yourself, right? It's, it's, you know, I mean, what, what's your interpretation of just holding yourself accountable or, or accountability as a whole? I mean, I would say that in my younger years, I thought accountability was always about having an accountability partner, mm. right? And so, you know, whatever it was, if you're at church, you got in a Bible study, you'd be with a group of guys, you'd hold yourselves accountable to doing certain things or not doing certain things, right? But I think... And that's good, and a lot of people need it. Like if you're a, you know, addicted to drugs or alcohol or something, you probably need to be in a group yep. where you have that accountability. But um, the older I've gotten, the more I realize that it's always it's an internal game. The war is yeah, always with yourself. The accountability is always about you, and taking on that identity of like, am I the type of person that does this thing or that doesn't do this thing? And it's kind of all. That's the thing I've started to realize more is like, you have to be accountable to the person in the mirror. <laughs> it sounds yeah, like cliche, did, yeah. but if you can look at yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and be like, dude, you were badass today. I'm proud of you. Like, where can you really go from there? It's funny you say that. It's, it's uh, I mean, I had those conversations with my kids and especially my, my oldest daughter, right? And because she's the only one that'll listen, right? The other one's yeah. like, yeah, hey, whatever. Um, and she still doesn't listen, but she at least humors me. She's got manners. But I, I always, you know, ask questions like, you know, who, who are you, you know, when no one's watching, right? Yeah. Like if, if, you know, you're in this room right now and, and no one else is watching, but you had to pee, would you pee in the corner? Even though you knew nobody, nobody could see you. Just, yeah. just go ahead, man. It's, it's cool. No, yeah. one, no one cares. Like, of course you're not. Or if there's a piece of trash on the floor. Like, pick it up. Yeah. Throw it away, right? <laughs> but but it's, it's, and especially in today's world, like, you've got to assume that every place you go, you're on camera. Yeah. Right. I mean, I can't tell you how many times like we'll be out 
to dinner or I'll be walking and I see, you know, people with phones or like I've been at uh, at football games and, and basketball games with my kids where I'll look up in the stands and I've seen kids, boys usually, pretending that they're on the phone, but I, I can see them looking at the screen, like videotaping us as we're standing there talking and I'm like, all right, is he videotaping me or my daughter? <laughs> like who, who, or my son, like who is it? And I can tell it because then you look and... You know, and I'll say it, I'm a very vocal person. I'll say, hey, hey, look, this guy's videotaping us. And quickly the phone goes down. I swear to God, we caught that at That's one of the bizarre. middle schools. And I'm like, what's this guy doing? Yeah. But you got to think, how many other people are doing that? Yeah. Right? I mean, you got dash cams, you got helmet cams, you got pen cams, you got, you know, there's surveillance cameras in every store, every school. I mean, I know the, the middle school that, that my kids go to, they have more, more um, security cameras than any school in the county. And I think they have like, 85 cameras yeah and and I actually like walk through the school one time just, just to see that I couldn't find 85 but every single place you turn there's a camera and yeah. I love it because it's cool that's awesome like I'm yeah. all for that but you also gotta think that's for safety right that's security but dude phones are everywhere yeah. like if you think that you're not being recorded you're crazy and therefore you damn well better be doing the right thing yeah right yeah. I'm not saying don't make mistakes but don't you know, don't screw people over. Don't steal. Don't don't be the scumbag that you know thinks. Oh yeah, you know what? Not my job. Someone else will do it. Yeah. No, just do it. Like yeah. pick up the piece of paper. Stop being a lazy ass and throw it in the garbage. Yeah. Dude, I was just thinking when you're talking about that, like the idea that you reap what you sow. A lot of people say, "Oh, karma." I believe in karma. I'm like, no, I I believe like reaping and sowing is like one of those foundational truths. Yep. And there's no getting around it. I thought about this when uh, Qasem Soleimani was killed recently over in Iraq. Like, yep. He killed a lot of people. He blew up a lot of people. The exact same way he died is the same way he killed a lot of people. Yeah. Dude, you can't get around it. You're going to reap what you sow. It's, so, it's true, though. One of the like mindset hmm. hacks that I always kind of think about is the movie The Truman Show. Remember that with Jim yeah. Carrey? And you have to think, like, if that were me, and I'm going through my day, and everything I did was recorded, every thing I did on my phone, every text, every phone call, like, and those episodes were about ready to drop in a couple weeks, like, what conversations do I need to have with my grandma, my mom, my wife, like, that, like, if you can go to that place mm. and be like, because really, that's the society we're living in. There's cameras everywhere. You think what you're doing on your laptop and your phone aren't going to be seen at oh, some point? Like, it's always going to get out there, so, like, just something to think about. What if my life were the Truman Show? And everybody in the world is... It's going to oh, come I, out, you know? And it's, <laughs> it's, and, it's, and it's gonna, right? I mean, it's uh, it's like the you know, what they call it, the super information highway, right? It's yeah. you know, one, one tweet, one this, one that. And it doesn't have to be you tweeting, right? I mean, you know, I'm someone that doesn't... I don't do social media, right? Yeah. That doesn't mean that I'm not all over it. Yeah. Because I know I am. Because I know people are putting stuff out there. And it's funny, we actually, uh, we had a, a all-hands meeting recently and for, for work. And I was laughing because as I'm sitting there talking to the team, I'm looking at everybody out there and I see a phone, right? Just just one, one of our girls has a phone on top of the table. And I kept looking like, is she recording this? Yeah. And, and it was funny because I think I told you the backstory with this yeah, one yeah, yeah. particular female. Um, she ended up resigning a week and a half later. And, and I still think, like, what does she have on that phone? Like, yeah. like, it's like, did she just get our plans for 2020? Like, damn it, right? Yeah. 
But I had that thought going into the meeting. Right? Going into the meeting, I had the thought of maybe we should not have her in the meeting. Yeah. Right? And it's, you get yeah. those gut instincts, man. And like, I don't know, like how often do you follow through on them? Right? Because how many times have people told you, oh, no, no, dude, that's your gut. You're, you're paranoid. You're thinking this, you're that. Your gut instinct is exactly what we're talking about here. It's, yeah. It's your intuition. It's whatever yeah. you've learned over the course of your life. So how was this meeting like marketed to the workforce? Was it a big strategic planning type yep. thing? Yep. It was our 2020 kickoff. So your kickoff intuition meeting. was perfect. Because right. 2020 kickoff, man. You knew this girl was connected to somebody on the outside, right? Yep. That <laughs> would maybe want to have some of that. Yep. Yeah. And, it, and, and, and what's, what's even funnier is, you know, we didn't send a soft copy. Like usually we send an agenda or we send a soft copy of, hey, here are the slicks. Here's what we're going to talk about. We didn't send it. We, we didn't even send, I've got a couple remote guys, we didn't even send the link to get into the GoToMeeting until an hour before the meeting to just those guys because we didn't want it going out anywhere else. And that's crazy because we're, we're nobodies, yeah. right? Yeah, like yeah. we don't have, you know, the, the holy grail or like the secret sauce where everybody's going to become like a billionaire. Yeah. But, but it's, it's, it all comes down to trust. Yeah. And, and, you know, it all goes to, you know, when I first you know, kind of assumed the role that I'm in, the first thing that I had an issue with was trusting this one person. And, and I explained it. You know, it wasn't a, uh, you know, a negative thing. I just said, hey, I understand your situation. I'm empathetic to it. If I were in your seat, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to be here. Right? I, couldn't, I wouldn't shut it off. Yeah. But you're telling me you can. I'm telling you, I don't trust you. Yeah. I, I don't. It, it's, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be transparent. And yeah, we saw what happened. It's it's all good now, <laughs> minus yeah. whatever's on that that camera. <laughs> yeah. So you made me think of something when you said secret sauce, and that's the idea that like, is there really secret sauce? I think the our society has become this place where like everybody thinks there's a secret sauce for success or business or whatever it is. And you know, I've just been thinking more and more about like, there's really nothing new under the sun, and there hasn't been for thousands of years. Like success, like business success well we gotta set up this whatever leads generator and it's got to lead to some sort of marketing funnel and that's going to be the secret sauce to get clients it's like no it's pretty simple you create an awesome product you do the right thing you don't quit you know (laughs) like it's it's just interesting like because people don't want to they don't want to hustle they don't want to they don't want to do more than they think they have to right it's it's yeah, everybody's like, well, what's the minimum? What's required? Yeah. Right? And, and, and that's what people strive yeah. for. Or what's some automated way that can make this so I don't have to work as hard? Yeah. Oh, dude, it's, it's I mean, I see it all the time with these these tools that are out there, right? I mean, I mean, in any any business, but, you know, the recruiting world, right? I mean, human capital is, you know, probably one of the biggest businesses in the world, right? Yeah. So there's always these tools, these products that will say, oh, Buy this system, buy this database, and all your wildest dreams will come true, right? It's like Napoleon Dynamite yeah. you know, with Pedro, right? It's like, vote for me, and your wildest dreams will come true. Yeah. And it's, no, it's not true. But people want it so bad that they're like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll buy this. And before you know it, you have 10 tools that essentially all do the same thing, which is not what you need done. Exactly. But it, it's... But but you got to think, are these are these salespeople, are they that good? Like, are they really, like, that yeah. good at selling? Or are people just that desperate and they kind of play on that weakness and that play yeah. on that desperation? Yeah. I mean, I would, yeah, there's a lot of places you can go with that, but 
like probably the thing you need to do is probably something that's going to suck, right? You yeah. think it's not going to be fun. Or like, you know, you can have 10 different diet pills sitting there on your kitchen counter and, uh, you know, the thing you need to do is probably get some exercise yeah. to clean up your diet. That's right. But everybody wants to have a s- secret pill that, oh man, I'm just going to shred weight like that dude on the commercial, you know, uh, infomercial. And it's like, it's insane. I remember, uh, remember when, uh, was it was it Xenadrine came out? I think it was Xenadrine. It was like the best fat-burning pill out there. And it probably came out in 97, 98. And, uh, you know, I played rugby, so we all go, oh, hell yeah, this is going to shred us, man. <laughs> I don't think it did yeah. anything other than increase heart rate when you were not exercising. Like, and you were just like, like, oh, my God, I'm having a panic attack. That's the only thing it did because it was almost like taking, like, 50 cups of coffee and injecting it. Like, that's that was the effect you got. Yeah. I didn't lose any weight from it. <laughs> like, lost yeah. weight because we ran like freaking maniacs all the time, right? Yeah. Um, but it's 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 funny because I, I look at, you know, just, just selling, right, in the way that, that people approach everyone else. And I know we've touched on this in the past. But most people are so fixated on, I know exactly what you need. I know exactly what you need. This is what you need. This is what you need. Yeah. Instead of just walking in and, and basically saying, hey, you know what? I don't know what the hell you need. Yeah. I have no idea. Like, I'm here to listen. Why don't you tell me, like, what are your problems? What keeps you up at night? What are your struggles? After I hear that, you know, then I can say, you know what? I heard you say this or I heard you say that. I think I might have some ideas about this. Have you thought about that? Or let me formulate a plan. Or flat out, you know what? I don't have what you need. Yeah. Let me see who else I know. Yeah. Let me introduce you to this guy and this gal and this person. You know, and they, they kind of look at you like, what? What you're giving business away? I'm not giving anything away. Yeah. If I if I do it, I'm gonna fail. Yeah. Because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. But these guys are not only good, they're the best, and they're good friends of mine. So I'm happy to help them get the business. Yeah. Because what happens ultimately is you walk out, they're confused as as hell. Like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, I don't understand this. But you fast forward three months, six months later, when these other guys knock it out of the park for them, and all of a sudden, who looks like the rock star? You do. Yeah. Because you just say, basically, you know, these guys are the experts, that's who you want, and guess what's going to happen the next time they need your expertise? They're going to mention you, and it's all going to come full circle. Yeah. You know, but I think a lot of people walk in there, they're know-it-alls, right? Yeah. And it goes back to ego. It goes back to all this crap. It's always insecurity. Me, 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 me. Yeah. And and most of the time you're wrong. And even if you're right, you're coming in there and you're basically telling somebody, I'm smarter than you. I know more than you. You suck. Pay me money. Yeah. I heard a great story. Um, so I'm in a, like, a consulting firm. Mm-hmm. And one of the most senior partners in the entire firm who's now who was tasked to build a relationship with one of the biggest companies in the world, like probably top five companies in the world. And she was gonna go in and meet with the CEO of this company, right? She says she walks in the door and his initial thing was kind of defensive, like, okay, here's the consultant here to tell me how I suck or how I've screwed things up and what to do right. And she goes, actually, I'm not. I don't even, I don't know if I can help you. And it was just kind of like the walls came down because she was in her humility, she's a very, very smart person. But she said, I, I don't know if I'll be able to help, but maybe we can have a conversation. And then all of a sudden he started opening up and like, you know, the company transformed and great story. But it was all because her initial reaction was, I may not have the answers. I might, but I might not. But let's just let's just chat. 
and that's how that relationship started. And it was it was an it was good to hear. It's it sounds so. It's funny. Like back to the secret sauce. It sounds so easy because it is. Yeah. Right. It's just what makes it hard is our own pride, our own. You know, I, I want to be the best. I want to be the smartest. I want to be the richest man in the world. I want to do this. I want to do that. But it's like if you just kind of check yourself at the door, and just bring it back to, I mean, really, it's it's like the Ten Commandments, man. That's all. That's all it is, right? Yeah. It's treat people the right way. You know, don't be an a hole, right? It's amazing what results you get. Yeah. And it's and I don't care what situation you're in. It could be you know dealing with a teacher, right? You're a kid at school and you're not getting along with the teacher. Take the ownership of yourself, right? Be the one that drives the relationship. Be the one that says, hey, you know, Mrs. So-and-so, I've got a C in the class right now. There's four weeks left in the quarter. What can I do yeah. to bring my grade up? Yeah. Like, actually have the, you know, the balls to kind of step forward and say, hey, w- what can I do better? Yeah. And, and don't be or, afraid to ask customers yeah. that. Or I don't understand something. Yeah, <laughs> right? but no one does that. And, yeah. and, and look, I mean, if there was a mirror here, I'd be pointing at myself because... Yeah. You know, I, I can I can say it all the time. I can always give the advice out. I can't always apply it myself. There's yeah. plenty of times where, you know, someone says something, I'm like, what? No, I, I don't do that. You know, and then, of course, I look over, I'm like, ah, shit, yeah. All right, yeah, guilty. Yeah. But, but we all make those mistakes. Yeah. It's one of the most fundamental things is you just can't point the finger. Like they say, you, if you're pointing the finger, there's three pointing back at you. Yep. So it doesn't matter, like, what degree something is. If you're judging somebody... You've probably done something similar or are doing the exact same thing yourself, so just don't do it. <laughs> oh, know? it's it, every time, too, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, again, hold yourself accountable, yeah. right? You hold yourself accountable, other people are going to trust you. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna invest more in you. They're going to donate more money. They're going to buy more products. They're going to be willing to help you, right? Yeah. I mean, as long as you're coming in, offering to help and, yeah. and you know to your point listen which I mean that's a skill that uh, gosh I'd, I'd say 90% of the population just doesn't have yeah. not that they can't do it but that's not what they're interested in especially yeah. in today's world it's yeah 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 shut up here's what I have to say and let's go on, on about our business yeah so um, on the same topic we're coming up to like almost the middle of February it's typically the point where everybody made these great New Year's resolutions, right? Like, what's what's your thinking on resolutions at the beginning of the year? You know, I, th- I think the the concept is is awesome, right? I mean, we all talk about it. You know, we all say we have them, whether it's going to the gym, you know, drink less alcohol, eat less food, eat healthier, whatever it is. Yeah. But I think they're they're also pretty silly. Oh yeah. Right, I, I mean, just agree. the whole, the whole concept of it. Yeah, is just why, like, yeah. when did it originate? Yeah, who came up with the idea? Yeah, and how much money did they make off of the idea? Right, the the yeah. goal setting planners. Yeah, yeah, and why why does it have to be that day? Mm-hmm. You know why why, um, you know, <laughs> it's almost like you can't do it if you have these other dates in mind where it's not going to work. Right. To do things <laughs> like. Well, yeah, January 1st, like, I can do it then, but if it's... So you come up with yeah. a great idea in June, but you have to wait until January 1st to implement it. <laughs> yeah. And by January 1st, you already yeah. forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, just do it. You should have just done it. Yeah, the, the thing that I, it, you know, that's really become clear in my mind is that 
if you're making resolutions every day, you don't have to make them. Right. You don't have to make New Year's resolutions, right? Because if you have the same resolution that you're going to be a certain person every day, and it's like Andy Frisella talks about on MFCEO. It's like if you win the day, right? Yeah. Eventually, you're going to win the week. You're going to win the month. You're going to win the year. You're going to win the 10 years, and you're going to win at life. But if you start trying to think outside of your day, you know? Yeah, well, I mean. Heck, so heck. have like the thing I've thought about is like success being um, you can either say no to something pleasurable or yes to something painful, right? I think a lot of times people will think like, oh, well, I can go work out and kill myself, and that's pain, right? But can you also like not have the Ben and Jerry's at night while you're mm -hmm. watching the TV show? Because that's pleasure, right? So you got to be able to say, well, I'm not going to do this TV and ice cream, and I'm also going to do the thing that's going to bring me pain. So even if it's just one thing on each end of that spectrum, I think is a good starting point. Oh, you know, absolutely. if the thing that you can't imagine not doing is like cutting out sodas or whatever it is, maybe going for a run is the thing that brings you pain. Just, you know, got to just push through it. So, so that, that kind of leads into things that you've mentioned in the past, right? Like, so take the person that just, that can't give up soda. Yeah. What, what is that? What is that a result of? Right. Is that, is that just something that they were, maybe they were brought up drinking soda all the time is it a habit is it is it an addiction like do you just you're like oh, i need my fix like what what is it i don't know i think it's all mental i think it is like you think you need something to be happy yeah. <laughs> i mean honestly like because soda is a big problem for me like i just love having coke absolutely mountain dew dr pepper with certain foods but when i decide like i'm just going to take a couple weeks from soda like once you get past those first few days, it's not that big a deal. It's just, but you know, then I could also say, well, then I go back to it. You know, is there ever a point in my life where I'm gonna say like no soda for the rest of my life? Well, probably not because it, it, at the end of the day, it's more about like small amounts. Yeah. Maybe not drinking it every day, but maybe having it small amounts. You know, yeah, but a it's like anything, a week. anything in life, moderation. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, so let me ask you this: Do you think? And, and I'm thinking of like people who smoke, right? People who, you know, alcoholics, you know, drug addicts. Do you think that there are differences in people's personalities? So, so like for instance, I, I believe that there's addictive personalities and there's people that are not addictive. Like they don't have those personalities. Like, you know, some people can, they can go smoke a pack of cigarettes today and not smoke another cigarette for 16 years. Yeah. And then go smoke a pack of cigarettes and then not do it again. But then there's others that will not smoke cigarettes for three years. Yeah. They have one puff of a cigarette and now they're going to smoke for the next 10 years. Yeah. There probably is something, but I think it has more to do with the story people tell themselves mm -hmm. about who they are. Like if I've been telling myself that I'm an addictive personality since I was a kid, then I probably mm -hmm. am going to, you know have more addictive ways about me. Uh, so I think the people that don't get addicted to things, I think all that to say, I think it's more about identity and how you see yourself than it is about actual addiction. That's why I think some people that would deal with people that are addicted to things, they shouldn't necessarily focus on what that thing is and not having it. You should change on changing, you know, focus on changing your right. identity and then once the identity changes, 
the behaviors will fall off. Yeah, I mean that's that, that's that's an interesting piece and view because I I, I think I'd have to agree with you. Yeah, right? I mean I think it's you know, but it's like deal with the root cause. Yeah, but you wonder where symptoms, did that come from? Parenting, right? Yeah, it's it's how how you were raised. And yeah, I know and it's a, lot a story of you've told yourself since you were a little kid. Yeah, typically, there's things that my parents told me that I just kind of picked up on because when you're young, you don't really even think about it. So if my mom would say, oh, Nate, he's our quiet, shy one. Or he, you know, Nate's a little sneaky. He's our sneaky mm. one. Then I would grow up to be a man. You're pretty like, sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, well, I'm just, I'm more quiet and shy. That's why you got, like, you, you got into business. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting because it makes me think about the things I say to my kids. Like my six-year-old, he's kind of just a crazy kid. Hmm. He's one of those dudes, like, he'll probably be a comedian someday, or he's always just trying to make people laugh or just doing crazy things. And so I'll say to him, you know, dude, you're just crazy. Dude, you're just insane. This kid's insane. But, like, should I really be saying it that much? Because all he's all he's taking <laughs> in is, crazy. you know, I'm insane, I'm insane, I'm crazy, I'm crazy. And, like, you know, you just yeah. kind of start to tell yourself that you're that thing. And then when you, you know. You have to go back in the process when you get older if you're trying to change your identity to say like, wait, was I really that thing? Or maybe I was, but do I have to be now? Right. And do I have to be for the rest of my life? Well, There's it, a really good book, um, uh, Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, where it talks about that sort of stuff that hmm. kind of really changed my thinking in a lot of ways because it makes you kind of go deep into your childhood. Oh, dude, absolutely. Man. I, yeah. I think of that stuff all the time I mean and, and I know that we've had discussions about you know things happen in life right shit happens right? I mean, that's that's why the slogan's there yeah and you know what are you going to decide to do right are you going to sit there and, and let that be you like no like, like the, lean forward keep on going it sucked lick your wounds and get over it right but I know I know people that they still hold a grudge 30-40 years later over yeah. something that quite frankly didn't mean shit in the first place. Yeah. And it's like, wow, like that's that's crazy. Like you've spent the last 30 years just basically plotting this other person's death. Right? <laughs> like a slow painful death. Yeah. Do you think for one second that they've thought the same thing? Yeah. Well, no. Well, that's you're the right. Whole, they haven't. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole thing. Is you think you're keeping that person in some sort of prison? Yeah. When all you're doing is keeping yourself in prison. That's exactly it, man. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, you see, you know, people cut you off on the road. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't piss me off sometimes. Or, like, like today I was driving through uh, one of the lights, and I'm sitting there. And the car in front of me, the light turned green. And he didn't immediately accelerate. Yeah. And the car behind me is blowing on his horn. And I'm like, oh, buddy, no, 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 no. <laughs> so finally the car in front of me goes, and I sat there for a good 30, 30 seconds more. And I could see the guy losing his mind, like, ah, and he's in this big truck, and I'm in the minivan. Yeah. So he's probably thinking, ah, oh, this stupid soccer mom, like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I wait until we get to two lanes, and I, like, purposely get over, and I just blow him a kiss. And and his mom, it was like, I don't know if he <laughs> got mad, or if he's like, oh, did, did I just, God just blew me a kiss? Like, what, what? how do I react to that? Like, how do you react to that? <laughs> And he's, yeah. I hope he's telling his wife about it, about it's this asshole, this and this and this and this, because I'm laughing about it, yeah. right? But I think that's the difference. It's, you know, who, who cares, right? Yeah. Chances are someone cuts you off on the road. They're not cutting you off on purpose. Yeah. You know, maybe they're getting to a sick kid. And or, even if they are. Yeah, but it's like, who cares, man? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I used to think that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it doesn't matter. 
Um, it's, it's another, when you think about it, it's literally two seconds. Whatever your deck's destination is, someone cuts you off, that's another two seconds. It's like, who, who cares, man, right? At the, at, the, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. I mean, what, um, now, now I know you're not, you're not big on, on the Oscars. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not either, and, and I'll yeah. be honest, I, I didn't watch it at all. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll watch them if they're on, just because I think it's hilarious to see like Hollywood elite patting themselves on the back and making some crazy like political statement. But I just didn't happen to catch it this year. It's uh, it, it's funny because I I kind of laugh at some of the guys that you know they're all I mean it's all the best looking dudes right in in, in Hollywood and yeah I mean you look at Brad Pitt I mean the guy was a he was a freaking heartthrob when we were kids yeah. Dude, he's like a mid fifty year old heartthrob. So like, there's no one new. Like, come on, like turn yeah. the page, right? Yeah. But I was laughing because uh, I forget what award ceremony it was, but I'm a big fan of Adam Sandler, right? I just yeah. I always liked him, and I know he's a, he's an idiot, and he's done some some of the dumbest movies ever. But all my kids have seen almost all of his movies. I haven't had to let them watch all of them, but yeah. almost every one. And everything you hear, he's just a real good he's a dude. Good dude, man. Real like, friendly, he's a family down guy. Yeah, yeah. He gives right. He's constantly donating and yeah, you know, his time. But uh, but he did the. I mean, it was some like independent film thing, and I guess he he was in a movie recently. And I forget like Uncut Gems or something. Yeah, I, I didn't see the I movie. Heard about it. I heard great things. Yeah, I'm sure it was awesome because he was in it. But he he accepted an award for like best supporting actor or best actor or something at this independent film thing the night before the Oscars. And he was quoted in his, his acceptance speech. He said, let all those featherhead <laughs> douchebag motherfuckers get their Oscars tomorrow night. <laughs> and, and I don't know why. I, I heard it on the radio. And I laughed so freaking hard. Because to me, like, that just sums up what the Oscars are. Yeah. Right? It, it has nothing to do with your peers. It has nothing to do with your fans. It's it, it, and it's again not to pick on the Oscars. The Grammys are the same thing. The Golden Globes are the same. You get all these award shows that are out there. Yeah. That what do they mean? Like yeah. Brad Pitt won his first award this year. Yeah. His first Oscar for acting. How? How does it take a guy thirty-five years of being one of the top actors in the world yeah. to never win? Yeah. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess in their minds. They see it as such an elite like craft, or like um, you know, your uh, how would you say it? Your trade craft and the yeah. way you go about your work probably wasn't. Maybe he didn't take it quite so seriously, or you know, whatever these BS reasons they have. But it's like no. At the end of the day, he was Brad Pitt. He's been in a gazillion yeah. like box office movies. Like he probably should have had an award at this point. But it's just crazy, man. Yeah. I, I don't, I yeah. don't get it, and and it's and maybe because I'm just still traumatized that I lost my uh, my high school senior year high school uh, election. I ran for treasurer, <laughs> and I lost. Dude, I actually won. I was I was senior class secretary. Oh yeah. And it was funny because um, me and a bunch of my buddies decided we were just going to vote for each other. So when the votes came out, the four of us that had like the positions. We just voted for each other, and that's how we got. Did you what? It was oh, like a man. coordinated way to like, yeah, get ourselves in. We uh, we we tried. Uh, we'll call it a coup. Yeah, we tried to do the same thing because for whatever reason, my high school, it was always uh, you know, females that held every elected office. 
So senior year, we decided we were going to change that. Yeah. So me and three buddies ran. We all lost. And not only did we lose, but we got our asses kicked. Like, it yeah. wasn't even close. But I thought we'd win. Right? And I gave, like, a 20-minute speech. Yeah. And it was, if it's out there now, I'd love to hear it. Because <laughs> it, was, it was bad. I mean, like, bad in terms of it probably crossed every political correctness Really? Oh, yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, it's something along the lines of, like, are you sick and tired of, you know, women telling you what to do? Come on, men. Like, rise up. Like, <laughs> oh, rise up. Wow. And it was, we lost. <laughs> we lost drastically. Yeah. yeah. You know? But it's, but it's funny because I think, you know, you look at, you look at those different elections, right? You look at, you know, our elections. Yeah. How much of it is a popularity contest? You know, right? right? Yeah. Is it ever on substance? Is it ever on accomplishments? Is it ever, okay, you know what? He or she said they were going to do this, and here we are, twenty-eight years later. Yeah, they still haven't done it. Let's vote them in again. Yeah, how, how does that happen? Like, you name me one occupation in the world that you sit down for your review with your boss, and they're going over the list. All right, you know, let's look over the thirty things that are your job. You didn't do any of them. I think I'm going to give you a raise. Yeah, and and, and plan on being here for the next thirty years. There's no other occupation that you could ever do. Yeah. Except for working for the federal government in an elected position. It's yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. Dude, the thing that... I got a couple thoughts on this. Maybe we can start wrapping it up. But um, in the sense that, like, the Oscars and the politics... <laughs> and these, these Hollywood types think they're probably doing the world a service by making political statements. And all they're doing is shooting themselves in the foot because they're so out of touch... Yeah, in the sense that like the middle class and like the you know the midwesterners and like the people let's say in Iowa or people in Michigan or people in Pennsylvania that are going to decide these elections see them as completely ridiculous and they actually turn people away that they're trying to influence just because of Mm -hmm. the way they are and the things they're saying are so insane and uh, I was thinking about um, actually we were talking just a couple episodes or whatever, the last time we talked about Pelosi and what she did during the State of the Union. I also thought, like, when they were talking about Rush Limbaugh, because now I guess he's got stage four cancer, is, like, who cares what he said, right? At the end of the day, he's a human. And the fact that, so, you know, he's getting introduced, and he's, I think President Trump was giving him some sort of Medal of Freedom. Freedom, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, of course, all the Republicans are up, like, cheering, oh, he's been the greatest guy in the world. I think all the Democrats are, you know, sitting and they just hate the guy. You can tell, like, this is the last thing they want to see. Like, this guy's the worst. It's like, dude, he's a guy. He's a very smart guy. Whether you like his politics or not, just in his comedy, his comedic timing, his ability to communicate, the way he speaks, just brilliant. I mean, the same thing. He did what he did. Yeah, like, just as a radio personality, put politics aside. Is brilliant, kind of like a Howard Stern, yep. just like an icon of radio. So it doesn't really matter at the end of the day the thing, the things he said that are politically charged. Just like he's got this horrible thing going on in his life. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like why, why are you still going to hate? Well, but but that's uh, that's just how vicious people are. Yeah, right? it's it's if you agree with me, awesome. But yeah. don't you dare disagree with me. Yeah, right? and, and the State of the Unions. I mean. I, Gosh, I, I don't remember it being this divisive when we were kids. Maybe it was, and I just didn't pay attention. Yeah. But the fact I think that it's gotten crazier. it is so Republican and Democrat, right? It's like Republicans say one thing, they all stand up, Democrats sit down. 
and then it goes the other way. It's like it's like watching a constant wave of people, and the 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 sour puss is on their face. It's like arms crossed, so yeah. angry, and they 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 like look at each other like, did someone just almost stand up? You better sit your ass down. <laughs> right? Like yeah, don't and it's like dare don't, you. Stand don't even up. pay any attention to what's actually being said, <laughs> right? Like you could say like we've just cured cancer. Uh, you know the economy you is sit just down. yeah. It's like you might want to actually pay attention to what's being said to determine whether you're going to sit or stand, not just like uh, looking around to see who around me is sitting and standing. But that's but that's the thing. That's it's, why it's so out of touch. That's why when you look at you know kids in their classrooms, anytime they do a vote, like hey, what what game should we play or what should we do at recess? Teachers are smart enough to say, all right, kids, put your heads down, no peeking, yeah. raise your hand. Yeah, right. Like it's. Because we have to do that as adults. It's almost like, all right, uh, congressmen and women, everybody put your heads down. <laughs> Let's put blindfolds <laughs> yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to tell you, in, in this year's State of the Union, we're going to mention accomplishments of U.S. presidents. But we're not going to tell you what president it was over the last 200 years. Yeah. Ready? First accomplishment, this. You know what would be the greatest thing ever? Is if you had, like, four presidents with voices spliced in. So you'd hear, like, a line from Bill Clinton... Then you hear a line from George W. Bush. Then you'd hear a line from Obama. Then you'd hear a line from Trump. And you have all these guys in Congress blindfolded and just see like what they, they I do. I guarantee they wouldn't know. They'd be, be like, like uh, well, that what? sounds good. Well, yeah, that's because Obama said it and Trump said it. Yeah. What do we do? Yeah. Just uh, kind of half stand. Yeah. Well, you've seen the things that they've done where they'll just talk to somebody on the sidewalk about yeah, well, Can water you, can you it, believe right? what Trump said? He said this. And they're like, he's the most racist, <laughs> Kill him. homophobic misogynistic, like, oh, just, he's Hitler. And then they're like, oh, actually, that was Barack Obama. And they're like, and they just can't wrap their minds like, no, around, no, they can't no, wrap their minds around the fact that, like, yeah, it's all, yeah, it's crazy. No, it's, uh, it's funny, man. Yeah. Well, hey, I, uh, I know you got to get running. Yeah. Um, again, always a pleasure. Good stuff, man. Appreciate it. I think we, uh, yeah, we hit on a couple good topics, you know, especially, you know, the whole trust and accountability, right? Make sure you yeah. hold yourself accountable. Yeah. Uh, hold me accountable, too. Yeah. If anybody likes what they heard, tell a friend. Yeah, please please tell a friend. You know, yeah. that's uh, that's the only way that we're going to grow this thing and uh, be able to make you guys laugh some more. So yeah, all right, brother. All right, man. Appreciate it. Later.